and welcome to the 65th episode of Total Pod Mode, your weekly comedy gaming podcast. My name is Will and I also go by Hoodafunk and I'm joined here by my good friend, co-host and fellow gaming enthusiast, James, aka Mr. Bames. What's going on you nicely noxious newts? Coming up this episode, we've got our weekly regular games catch up, followed by the weekly gaming news where we talk about some of the bombshell Nintendo and Rockstar announcements this week, as well as coverage of Call of Duty's Modern Warfare 3. Before rounding off the episode with a return to the games challenge, where this week listeners can find out how I got on with the challenge set to me last week by James. But before all of that, let's lay out the socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pop Mode. We also post regular video content of our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pop Mode, all one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. So this week, James, I'm going to break tradition and uh, talk just a little bit about the game that I've been playing this week because I've been doing very little on it and I don't really want it to end on a complete (laughs) flat note at the end where I announce that I've barely done anything, but I have picked up a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom this week. And at most, I've just completed a few more shrine quests. Sorry, just give me a sec. I need to recover from my PTSD. That was Breath of the Wild. We're playing Tears of the Kingdom now, James. It's a whole new ball game. (laughs) I know, but you said shrines. Oh, it's the shrines thing, yeah. (laughs) It's taken me back. No, God, please, no! 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 Okay, I'm back, I'm back. How are your shrine quests? Is it typical sort of fair, or are there massive differences? There was a combat challenge that served more as a tutorial for how to throw your weapon, so yeah, that was kind of one of the various flavours of crappy challenges that weren't really that memorable. But one of the better ones gave you access to loads and loads of wooden tree trunks, and you were able to traverse the map just using those, and using the fuse ability. And that's one of the things I've been enjoying most in the game, is just sticking stuff together and forming contraptions to help you get over stuff. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, that one was quite a fun challenge because you need to navigate over water, you need to navigate over large gaps and try and fashion yourself a bridge on surfaces that don't make it necessarily easy for you to just build a bridge. So that was some of the challenge involved there. But other than that, like I said, it, it has been a really short experience. I've just been doing the same old stocking up on resources, running around <laughs> and uh, and kind of exploring. It really has been a quiet week for me. The games challenge has kept me really busy this week. Little spoiler for later on. That's all I'll say. <laughs> no, I figured it might have done, to be honest. doesn't surprise me that you've just carried on exploring because uh, that's kind of how you're going to play this game. Shame you didn't get more in there. I would have hoped to at least moved on to one of the legendary areas. They've got these kind of series of disturbances around. I assume they're more divine beasts or something similar. Yeah, yeah. To go ahead and explore some sort of big dungeon. Uh, I haven't done any of that yet. Every time I encounter some sort of environmental peril... I kind of turn the other way and just yeah, explore yeah. the rest Whenever of the game. It's friendly, safe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if it's too cold or it's too hot, I turn back. Yeah, that's fair. If someone's got a bigger weapon than you, you just leave it. <laughs> just like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. If they hit me and it takes away more than half my health bar, I just oh, run yeah. away. Well, that was me in the whole of Breath of the Wild. If you never upgrade yeah. your health, that happens to you the whole game, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the starter level, yeah. anyways. Uh, so, what about you, man? I'm assuming this is going to be more Baldur's Gate free news? Pretty much, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I've just been carrying on with that. Um, the only sort of 
I guess major update. It's not that major though. Is, um, is that I did carry on my evil playthrough and I was just killing everything as I mentioned last week. Right. And it kind of was getting to me that I could see how much content I was depriving myself of. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I actually I didn't delete this character, but I started a good character I, I as had well. A feeling you might say that. Okay. Because. Okay. I don't want to say exactly what's happened because of spoilers, but there's certain things have happened. I'm just like, okay, that is definitely at least two quest lines gone. Okay, sh- I just killed like another four there. Oh, <laughs> God damn. So, it's just, so whilst the evil playthrough is fun, I feel like I'm depriving myself of content. So I started a good character. I went for a forest gnome bard. Okay, okay. So slightly different and I'm um, playing the good guy. And uh, again, I'm just retreading old ground pretty much with it. So no really updates on the story. But what I will say is you wanted to hear it from me. Obviously, I haven't got to endings and stuff yeah, left. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was looking forward to getting yeah. into that, hearing whether, uh, you know, there is a difference. Yes. Can you say that there is? Yeah, well, I mean, it depends sort of what level you're looking at. Because with Mass Effect, for example, you said it gave it flavour, but there was no real difference in the outcome of the story. Mm, mm. And it's too early for me to say whether there's going to be a difference in the outcome of the story. But as I sort of intimated there, I've got at least another two quest lines that are going to carry on through the whole game now that I can do. Some different things occurred from a different choice I made in that Grove mission that I was talking about last week that is going to lead to me having way more quest lines going forward. Mm. Obviously, mm. retreading certain areas again, I actually found more sh- that I'd missed from the previous ones. Uh, not much, but I found an, a, a sort of hidden-ish area with a bunch of fish people that now worship me as their god. So there you go. <laughs> nice. Was that kind of like a, a pretty long storyline or how did you get declared their lord and saviour? Literally, I was just exploring the Underdark, which is like, as you'd imagine, an underground area. And I just, I jumped across some mushrooms and found like a little crevice that you can go down and it was literally just a little event in there. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's not nothing to do with the story. So I don't really mind spoiling this a little bit, but yeah, you just find a bunch of fish people chanting and worshipping what they think is a god, but it's actually, uh, it's a creature called a red cap just like f***ing around okay and then yeah just uh i persuaded them that he, he wasn't a real god killed him and then they worship me now and what's this red cap thing is it like a little imp uh, imagine a garden gnome yeah right yeah okay, like yeah. so the white beard the red hat mm, that sort mm. of stuff but um a little bit more smeagol-esque in terms of the body shape and like with sharp teeth and stuff like that but yeah, I sang at my people, inspired them, and they just kicked his ass. It was great. Oh, okay. You got your cronies to do the dirty work. Oh well, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a debuffer and a buffer more than I am a right damage okay. dealer okay. with this bard character. Although I can still do some. Sh- got a little short sword. But that's really the yeah. That's the only update. As I say, I've not not done anything new in terms of content really, apart from the couple of other bits I found. But um, I'm now running a good and a bad character about probably roughly the same point in the story. Bad characters, obviously, probably a little bit further ahead, but getting there. So who knows? I, I'm thinking I'm probably going to stick to the good character, see all the game's content, and then go back and either finish my bad character or start again. But I've kept her around yeah, just yeah. in case like I'm feeling like particularly murdersome <laughs> one day. And I'm like, I, I want to kill sh- instead of helping people. I'm just going to go on my evil character. But yeah, other than that, no real updates. I haven't played anything else this week. So there we go. Nice one, man. Well, uh, yeah, gosh, that really is a skinny catch up this week. Uh, I guess we're going to move on to the weekly gaming news. So first up this week, 
Video game legend Shigeru Miyamoto takes to X, formerly Twitter, and announces ongoing work for a live-action The Legend of Zelda movie. Ooh, colour me intrigued. Tell me more, Will. Shigeru Miyamoto, video game icon with an endless list of creative accomplishments, such as being creative director on projects like Donkey Kong, Mario Bros, and of course, The Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's very, very low-key gaming franchises. Those there. niche titles, yeah. yeah Don't niche. think many people have played any of them, really. Yeah. No. I mean, have you even heard of Mario Brothers? I hate to say it. I hope I don't sound ridiculous. I don't know who this man is. Miyamoto took X by storm on November 7th by announcing he has been working on The Legend of Zelda movie for, quote, many years, with Nintendo being closely involved in its production. The film is also being worked on by Avi Arad, a film producer known mostly for a ton of Marvel movies. Oh, another small franchise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's got just about half the Marvel movie franchises under his belt as a producer at this point. Potential dream team there. It has a slight feeling of they're trying to westernise the uh, the movie there. Maybe, I, I didn't think of it that way, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see how it actually ends up playing. Yeah. It'll probably be a while until it sees a full release though, as Miyamoto goes on to state that it'll take time before completion, but he hopes fans will look forward to seeing it when it does release. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Live action, how are you feeling about that? That's the bit that intrigues me the most, probably. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Ganondorf. Yeah, yeah. With live yeah. action and some of the creatures. Well, I mean, the creatures will be CGI, no doubt. But I think it really comes down to which Zelda game they're going to base it off and which sort of portion of the story, if you like, because... There could be some really interesting characters if they try, you know, for example, if they do Ocarina of Time, I'd love to see what they do with the Dekus and yeah, things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably all CGI, right? But Zoras as well, that's going to be interesting. Do you have a preference in terms of the Zelda games where you'd like to see them based in? On a personal level, I'd probably like them to see go quite far back, actually, because I think the stories were better back in the day, but then mm. I know them better is probably the better description of that. A Link to the Past, I think, would be a fun one for them to do. It's quite a big game, big story, probably... Wouldn't do it justice in a single movie, though. It's hard to say. I imagine they're not going to deliver the whole story, but I imagine that they probably would choose a bit of a mixture of all the different Zelda games and put a, a bit of a flavour of all of them in there. But I imagine that they'll probably pick one to kind of base an aesthetic of the most. I'm just curious to see which one they end up landing on. Yeah, I mean, if they're getting the Marvel guy involved, maybe that's a statement of, oh, we want to make this f***ing 20 movie franchise. In which case you could do anything doesn't matter uh, but equally they could just do the whole zelda universe and make a brand new story we don't know it would probably make the most sense to do some sort of origin story so the people who don't know the games particularly well can get to know link yeah. get to know zelda see where they came from see why he's the hero of hyrule and all that good stuff absolutely yeah it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with that so you mentioned there uh it'll be interesting to see what ganondorf looks like and speaking of casting choices who do you think that uh, might end up getting the role of Ganondorf? Do you have anyone in mind for that or someone that might suit the role? Ganondorf, I don't know. For Link, my mind instantly went to Tom Holland, like straight away. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good shout. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's got that young look. He's quite slight, but he's also in good nick because he does all the Spider-Man stuff. So I reckon that would be quite interesting. There's also a bunch of Photoshop images on the internet already of Tom Holland as Link. Yeah, yeah, I have seen them actually now you say it. So maybe that's why my mind went straight there but for Ganondorf uh I've seen Jason Momoa listed as a potentially good one and you know what if you just uh did all his facial hair in orange I think you could probably mm. pull it off um because I would hope to see that if they are going to do this live action that they would have some sort of commitment to doing a large section of it as live action and not relying so heavily on CGI to do all of the characters that would be hard to interpret yeah 
I don't know about Jason Momoa because I think I don't know if he'd cut his hair for it because Ganondorf doesn't have long hair. Oh, but I mean, if you've seen uh, Ganondorf in Tears of the Kingdom, which I haven't, yeah, he would. Uh, actually, in my opinion, that's kind of one of the best designs that I think Ganondorf's ever had. So um, I'd be really interested to to see if he could fit that bill. I can imagine it working. Oh, fair, fair. Uh, no, I don't have anyone really, but I think because we've mentioned Marvel, my mind's going to Josh Brolin. But that's just like, oh yeah, let's <laughs> let, let's make Thanos Ganondorf. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, I don't think that would work. I, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that would be a good Ganondorf. As long as it doesn't end up as someone like The Rock or something like that. No, he'd be awful. I don't know. <laughs> what did you just say, Chico? I mean, I guess it could work. In terms of Link, I agree with you. I think Tom Holland would be a good shout, but I'm probably biased considering the show I'm watching right now. But I'm actually watching the uh, One Piece Netflix series. And I think that the guy who plays Kobe, uh, Morgan Davis, I think that he would do a really good Link as well. He's got like a very kind of like young face with quite large eyes. And I think that I could just imagine him doing a younger kid Link quite well. But I think it'd be quite interesting. No doubt there's going to be some interesting casting choices, probably some controversial ones as well. It's a me, a Mario. Well, they're never going to please everyone. Given the fact that Tears of the Kingdom is the most recent game to come out, I think that they'll probably lean towards a similar aesthetic to that, just given that that will be the one that's in people's minds the most recent. I'm sure, though, that there'll be plenty of flavour and references to the old titles to bring in long-term fans. I think they do it the other way around, mate. I, I disagree with that. I think that if they're going to do a Zelda movie that's, quote, been in the works for a long time, I think it'd be more based on the old ones and they'll put in flavours of Tears of the Kingdom and that. Really? Okay. Based on the statement that um, they've been working on it for a long time. That, that would lead me to believe they've gone with the old design. Fair enough, yeah. We'll find out when it comes out, I guess. Okay, so on to our next story. On the 8th of November, a day later, games journalist Jason Schreier dropped yet another bomb on X with breaking news that, quotes, Rockstar plans to announce Grand Theft Auto 6 as early as this week and will release a trailer in December, sources tell Bloomberg News. The most anticipated video game on the planet will soon be revealed. I want to be snide about that statement, but it's probably true. It absolutely was true. This news was shortly followed by confirmation from Rockstar Studios co-founder Sam Hauser via the Rockstar X account. We are very excited to let you know that in early December we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. Ah, oh, mate, we've already seen it. It was leaked months ago. <laughs> well, considering the proximity to those leaks and how rough the footage looked at the time of those leaks i do wonder just how out of date the gameplay must have looked at that time because if they're going from something looking so rough as that to uh to churning out grand theft auto 6 i would be quite surprised it seemed like it looked like it had years of development left in it Mind you, this will probably be just a sort of a showy technical trailer. And like with Grand Theft Auto V, we had to wait quite some time before the actual release after seeing that initial vista of all of the different areas of Los Santos. And the other thing is, is this potentially a reaction to the fact there was a leak? I'm wondering that myself. Yeah, did this actually push Rockstar to produce something quickly to put it out there? considering that some people had expressed concerns, although in my eyes it's quite naive to express concerns over the leaked footage of how the game presented itself. Yeah, exactly. So could it be a sort of covering of the arse, being like, we're going to release this trailer to show you what it's actually going to look like so that you don't have that f***ing awful footage in your head. But hey, we might still be waiting another two, three years before the game comes out. I mean, we don't know. But one thing we do know with probably 99.9999% certainty is the Rockstar aren't going to rush this one. So it's not going to come out till it's damn well ready. So maybe this is just 
hey, this is what it's going to look like. This is a feel, but give us time. We still need to make this bad boy. I think I agree with you there. Yeah, definitely trying to wash the image of the leaked footage out of people's minds, get them excited for the new release, but also give themselves space to take their time to release the game. One thing in my mind is, will we see a date attached to that trailer in December? Or will it remain still just coming soon, whenever? I would be staggered if there's a date on it, but never say never. I mean, like, you could say that it could be, like, coming 2027. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I don't think they'd do that. I, th I think they'd only put, like, a, like, coming fall 2024 or whatever, like, if it's going to yeah. be that year. I don't I don't think they'd go, coming in 2030, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, Rockstar Pioneers, maybe they'll be one of the first to do it, right? I, I don't know. Just as long as they don't do an Elder Scrolls 6 and give us a little tease and then it's been, what, f***ing seven years? <laughs> Whatever the hell. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I don't know if it was quite seven years ago, no, but that's it definitely feels much. like a long old time away without any news whatsoever. Exactly. Um, this could very well be exactly something like that, though, in my eyes. As I say, I think the one thing we can be pretty certain on is they're not going to rush it. I just look forward to seeing this in December, I guess. Not that far away now. It's only a couple of weeks, so probably listen out for that story when it comes up, because I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Okay, so moving on to our third and final article of this week. Modern Warfare 3 officially releases today at the time of recording on November 10th. And unfortunately, the reviews that have been made so far, according to critics and those who have had early access, have been ranging anywhere from an average score all the way down to an absolutely abysmal one. Mm. A lot of the flack this game is receiving comes down to a few common themes. So uh, the first one up is a very short campaign with some people claiming it's only three hours long. That doesn't surprise me at all. They're, they're moving away from campaign-heavy stuff, aren't they? Have been for the last few games. I know it's a remake, so you'd, with a particularly classic campaign. So that's probably pissed a lot of people off, but that really doesn't surprise me at all, unfortunately. You're right to say that they have been moving away from a campaign, however, three hours, and some of the things that we'll get into a little bit later on, definitely feel like this is the largest step away from a campaign that they've done so far. And I mean, given uh, some of my experiences with the last Modern Warfare 2 campaign, I said that that was fairly lacklustre as well. If feels like they've doubled down with that this time with some of the new things that they've tried to implement one of those being open world missions which lose the cool set piece driven feel of the original title and were some of the staples of the series all the way through modern warfare 1 2 and 3 so doing a, a kind of a, a remake re-inspired remake of it without those things definitely feels like it's lost a lot of the core appeal and edge of the game yeah and the other thing with that is is do people that particularly enjoy playing call of duty campaigns want it to be open world like you've mentioned there you lose a lot of the cool set pieces and the set pieces are really what makes the campaign good like let's be real the epic moments exactly you don't want to be like oh shit, yeah i can run over there and there's nothing over there and then i can run back and there's a tree and then oh shit, I've, I've done things out of order and knowing activision they probably still have those little walls that say you're leaving the mission area anyway so it's not going to be fully open world no doubt no doubt but i do think it's the next couple of points coming up that are the real kicker with this so uh, the other issues players have cited is way too much recycled content from its previous title modern warfare 2 2022 including assets locations weapons characters and even multiplayer maps from the original modern warfare 2 in the multiplayer mode and perhaps worst of all, the Modern Warfare 3 open world missions are claimed by some to just be Modern Warfare 2 Warzone map rehashes. And you see, this is a little bit of an odd one because many games, because I, I, I'll say at this point, I'm not the biggest Call of Duty fan. So I'm going to be as objective as I can with this because I am a little <laughs> bit biased because I, I really don't care about this game. But 
a lot of big game franchises reuse assets from previous games, so that's not necessarily a huge surprise. 100%, yeah. Particularly with the multiplayer maps, I think that's actually a good thing in a lot of cases because some of those maps are classic. Shouts to Nuketown. But using loads of assets, loads of locations, loads of weapons, that's where I think the issue is. Some weapons, sure. It's still in the Modern Warfare franchise. There's going to be some crossover. Cool. But using all of the same assets, locations, weapons, characters... I don't know. Feels a little lazy. Not just a little lazy. I feel like that's understatement of the year. This feels extremely <laughs> I'm trying to be lazy. objective, Will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I like this game. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I did like... Uh, I, I've enjoyed playing previous Call of Duty titles, absolutely. But this just reeks of laziness and quickly turning another title, claiming what really should be downloadable content as a full-priced game is outrageous. I mean, at this point, given the level of content that's introduced, compared to some of its competitors, this could be considered like just another season at worst. But I think uh, paid downloadable content, like a half price, 20 quid DLC type of situation, rather than the probably like 60, 70 quid that it actually is. I hadn't thought of it in terms of could it just be a Modern Warfare 2 DLC? It very much is. I mean, if they're reusing the weapons and stuff like that, they've tweaked things like the movements, I understand. But I feel like a lot of the other stuff is just going to feel straight out of Modern Warfare 2. If the Modern Warfare 2 stuff is looking like the Modern Warfare 1 stuff and then the Modern Warfare 3 stuff is looking like the Modern Warfare 2 stuff. By proxy yeah. the Modern Warfare 3 stuff is looking like the Modern Warfare 1 stuff. So yeah. that, that's a problem. Particularly with uh, how much money they have and what they should be doing with that franchise. Unless legal fees are f***ing draining their resources and they can't afford to do anything else. Then... <laughs> Who knows? I am joking but let's put it out there. That could be a thing, right? I think um, fear mongers uh, out there are trying to sort of claim that Call of Duty is about to get the Halo treatment Uh, in terms of uh, Halo Infinity. So uh, let's hope not. But, uh, you know, who knows what's on the cards for the future of Call of Duty if this is their latest and greatest. And considering that this is supposed to be the Modern Warfare series closure uh, that everyone was looking forward to, I think this is a huge disappointment. And the final point that I'll get onto is quite relevant to that. Yeah, and it's probably the most important point for me as well. A lot of people have leveled criticism that the fact that the storyline in this game is really weak and that they haven't done nearly enough to capture the feel of the original title. And the main antagonist, Makarov, has basically been effectively neutered and completely underrepresented uh, in this one. A massive downgrade from the original entry. Now, and as I just said, I'm not really a massive Call of Duty fan. Blame that on Ghosts. But the one thing I do know, having never played the original Modern Warfare 3 is... Makarov is a f***ing dick. Is that you can't f*** with Makarov, right? (laughs) (laughs) Like, that guy is, like, probably top 10 all-time antagonists, right? And the storyline is so revered by fans of the series, even casual gamers who just f***ing love that game, revere that storyline. I think gamers of a certain generation, that name kind of resonates with. Everyone remembers who that was. And everyone knows, um, is it No Russian? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Everyone knows that right? That put him on the map. Exactly, and for this to be saying that They've muted him and basically weakened the storyline around him on top of the fact it's potentially only a three-hour campaign. That, for me, as a non-fan of the series, just from the outside looking in, is the most egregious thing they've done, Mm, mm. if that's true. Because people that are going to buy this game purely on the nostalgia or to see it like brought to life in modern hardware setting 
they're going to be so disappointed with that that it's just going to piss loads of people off, which is probably exactly why it's getting these negative reviews. Yeah. I, mean, I know in particular you're a big fan of that. Like, How do you feel about the sound of that? Honestly, I'm not like a huge follower of the Modern Warfare 3 campaign. I'm a fan of the games because I recognize that they're very good gunplay games that they just control well. Um, they feel fun to play to me. But that's about kind of my enjoyment of Call of Duty goes, really. I, I can relate to those earlier missions and things like that, but I haven't followed it in a long time so I don't have much of an opinion either way but I accept that all of this sounds really poor for fans of the series that actually do care about this you know I haven't put hands on this game myself because I have no interest really based on the things that I've been reading and the fact that I'm suffering from a bit of Call of Duty fatigue at the moment I can't see myself picking this one up I, I think I'll probably sleep on the next Call of Duty titles I tend to go through a bit of a Call of Duty hibernation where I'll pick up one title that looks good and then I probably sleep on the next two maybe three and then come back again in a few years so yeah from that perspective i personally don't feel anything for this news it's a shame for the fan base but not a good sign is what i will say i think uh, if these things are true haven't played the game haven't seen any of it can't comment from a personal experience but i really hope that they get their act together for their sake on this one Okay, man, so on that note, that is the gaming news done for this week. It's time that we moved on to the... A Games Challenge! So last week, the challenge that you set for me was to achieve an S rank in the three remaining arena challenges from the last challenge that you set me in Monster Hunter Rise. Certainly was. No nonsense this time though, you'd already unlocked them all. No risk, you could focus on the challenge at hand. So talk to me, how did you get on? Absolutely, this was purely just me against the beasts. And this was, uh, i got to say, uh, a really fun challenge for me to do. I was enjoying myself playing the way through and enjoying the fact that I would have another opportunity to play some more Monster Hunter Rise. So I'd come pretty close to beating the six minute time limit on one of the challenges in order to get the S rank. So I figured that it couldn't have been too difficult to push through that. I just needed to really knuckle down. And that challenge was to fight a Royal Ludroth and a Naga Cougar in one of the larger map arenas. Yes, and just for the, for the benefit of those that didn't catch the last episode, firstly, go f***ing listen to it. It's a banger, mate. But Royal Ludroth, big old lizard with a big old neck thing that kind of looks like a buoyancy aid. Bulbous yellow neck thing. And uh, Naga Cougar is uh, sort of a tiger with wings, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That sort of vibe, isn't it? Kind of like a tiger dragon or a panther dragon kind of thing, yeah. S- Sabretooth type jobby. Uh, so... Based off of that challenge and the fact that I was able to use the hammer, which is my new bestie in Monster Hunter World, exactly, yeah. Um, this challenge wasn't so bad. I think I managed to do this one in roughly my fifth or sixth attempt at this, which I was very pleased with. All in all, it couldn't have been more than about two hours uh, in order to get this first arena one. And I was very happy with that. I managed to quickly stow that one away and I thought, fantastic. At that point... It was early on in the week and I put the console down and I thought, oh, amazing. (laughs) I've got plenty of time left in the week. One out of three down, baby. No problem. Which is great for me to hear because I knew that would be the case because I think I briefly mentioned last week that there was at least one that you had already sort of done the research on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this was that one. And I, I figured that this one would be your sort of warm up. So that's exactly how I figured it would go. But to hear you say you put the console down, that's surprising. 
That's surprising. Yeah, I mean, I was happy with my victory. It was it was fairly late at night. You know, I didn't want to kind of dedicate a load more hours into learning new weapons again and That's fighting fair. entirely That's new fair, things. Yeah. So it was a, it was a good point in the night to to put it down. And I was really happy with the progress. Although perhaps if I'd have realised the difficulty of some of the later challenges. I might have made a different decision yeah. that night. And that's that's where I was getting at, really. <laughs> Given I know that one of them is a three-on-one. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Given the fact that you just mentioned that it's a three-on-one in Arena 6, thankfully, like the challenge that I just completed, they are set in a larger arena, so you're not having to deal with all yeah. three at once. <laughs> unless you get insanely unlucky with the parving or somehow steer them all yeah. together. So, uh, after feeling pretty swaggy after getting my hammer challenge done with the Royal Ludroth and the Naga Kuga, it's time to move on to Arena 4, which is... Is a Baryoth. So a Baryoth is kind of an upgraded, larger Naga Kuga, really. Uh, it's it's white now. Oh, that's uh, these are the ones that spit acids at you. Uh, it has fawns that it can shoot at you. It shoots spikes out of its tail. That's it. And it can affect you as well uh, with an attack that slows down your wire bugs from regenerating. And given the weapons that I'll talk about that I was using in this, wire bug moves are essential to fight these monsters. In fact, it's probably a good general rule that wire bug attacks are essential to defeat all of these monsters and get s rank in any of the titles yeah it's a good way to get a lot of damage in a very short space of time absolutely yeah particularly when you've got large attack windows and you've been able to take their health down a bit and break some of their parts then you can really use those wire bug attacks to your advantage but they do take a little bit to recharge and if you're affected by the status effect they take a whole lot longer to recharge for context i think you only can hold two at a time maybe three so you can only do two, and then if you have to wait for a long time to recharge, it can be quite a long battle there, so you need to pick your spots wisely. 100%. Yeah, there are certain spots around the Baryoff when it's doing attacks that you need to very quickly learn, because... A lot of the game is just responding to the kind of attack signaling that they're doing based on their body position and then just standing in a specific place around them where you know the hitbox isn't going to land. And at that point, because your attacks are so slow, then you can start to think about unleashing the attacks. You're never going to win a weapon against monster attack on these things. You always need to be exploiting attack windows pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So what weapon did you use for this one then? I'm presuming you didn't use the hammer another time, otherwise you've, I feel you'd have mentioned it. The hammer wasn't an option, unfortunately. I, if the hammer was an option for these two challenges, I can't say necessarily that I would have found them easier. That I don't know, because I never actually got to try it. But at least I would have been super familiar with the weapon that I was using. Yeah. Because I have been using the hammer a lot, and pretty much every time that I've played it outside of the challenge, since the challenge, I've been using the hammer, which again, I think probably contributed to the fact that I did the Ludroth and the Naga Kuga so quickly. That took me almost no time, because that was my go-to at that point. However, the Charge Blade, which is one of my, up until I discovered the hammer, probably one of my favourite weapons in the game, I probably spent It was about, your main, wasn't it? Yeah, probably about 90% of yeah. the time in the game using the Charge Blade, so... I was relying on that and also hoping that some of the new skills that Rise delivers, some of the wire bug attacks, would actually really help me. And uh, I'm pleased to say that they did, but this was a much more difficult challenge, funnily enough, than fighting the Ludroth and the Naga Kuga. That's interesting. I did finally manage to beat the Baryoff in under four minutes. I did that one in 357s. And it's 357.55, so basically so that's 358. 358. 
Yeah. yeah. So I was two seconds away from not hitting the uh, the four minute time limit to get the S rank there. And I breathed a massive sigh of relief when I did get it. I think I was posting times pretty consistently above that, maybe within the sort of six to seven minute range before. Oh, wow. That's quite a big. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But that was only after... Um, you know, having multiple, multiple attempts where I was just dying because I didn't want to waste the time healing. That costs you a lot of time to get away from the fight. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the time, if you have to heal, then that's a dead attempt a lot of the time. I remember you saying that last time. You were like, if you get hit more than maybe once or twice, then just reset. No point. Absolutely. Yeah. And doing it in that four minutes, that was very much a similarly to the difficult challenge that I had the last time using the heavy bow gun. That was one of those ones where I felt like it was almost perfect and if I didn't clinch the S rank on that one I would have been really <laughs> struggling to find the motivation to keep pushing and try and do it better than I'd just managed to achieve it yeah if you got like a 401 or something <laughs> yeah. yeah oh god that might have been another time where I just put down the console and was like yeah I can't do better than that for a while <laughs> you know what I mean you just you know when you have like a really good run on a game and you just think do you know what I don't think I'm actually going to do better than that tonight oh yes uh, bosses in yeah. Liza P shout outs yeah <laughs> yeah. you know when you die and they've got like one hit left and you're just like yeah i i cannot do this right now i need to have a break <laughs> <laughs> so uh thankfully that run was good enough only just to enable me to get past and also i was kind of enjoying and i, I tend to prefer the arena missions where you actually are in an arena just yeah. fighting one of the monsters because like the challenge that's coming up that we'll talk about the ones that you have to learn to navigate the environment to get quickly between them, yeah. a lot of the time that is a large part of the challenge, especially considering that you can't use your dog to traverse between the monsters quickly. You have to purely rely on running around and using your wire bugs. Yeah, which, I mean, that's an extra minute if you don't know what you're doing. I mean, that could, you know... Yeah. And, and like you mentioned earlier, if you get unlucky with pathing, yeah. who knows yeah. how long that sh** could take. So all in all, I reckon the Barrier off Arena boss fight probably took me... I definitely can't count how many attempts it took me, but it took me... I looked at the game time, it was about six, seven hours. Oh, so to, considerably <laughs> more than the first one then. Way more, yeah. yeah. Especially considering the first one was fighting two monsters. I know they were obviously much weaker and easier to kill yeah, yeah. monsters. But yeah, even given that. <laughs> yeah. And also you had an extra two minutes, to be fair. If that one was six minutes, it sounds like not a lot, but four minutes for the next one, even though it's only one monster, that's that's still, you need to be snappy with that. You, know? you need to know exactly where the monsters are going to be at a certain time. Thankfully, they are predictable every time you spawn into the arena. Yeah. On that arena mission, they have the same pathing, so there's no luck in there it is just a case of uh just running between them and depending on whether you're 10 minutes into the game or 15 minutes into the game they'll be in different locations obviously if you're 10 minutes or 15 minutes into the game uh in an arena quest something seriously bad has happened yeah um, probably times you out doesn't it by that long <laughs> i think it actually gives you like a whole 45 minutes or whatever the maximum timer is to do these things <laughs> yeah. yeah so it does give you the opportunity to sit through all your health packs and actually slowly take these things down in order to learn how to beat them but you also have the the fact that you're not going to really get any rewards for doing it you might as well just go on an expedition where you can at least grind resources and things like that exactly and you know 45 minutes that's not going to cut it for an s rank challenge Nowhere near. No. So we're, so we're two down. One to go. Two down. What day are we we're on at this good. point? I'm trying to think now. Um, midweek? Don't need to be exact. We're mid I think we're Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, oh, okay. I think we're probably Wednesday. No, I think we're Tuesday night at this point. Okay, so, so we're probably about on course to where we'd want to be. Yeah. Feeling good. Feeling pretty good. 
I wasn't expecting me to get that four minutes so quickly. Yeah. That was one of those ones where, it, again, it felt a little bit like a miraculous moment where just everything lined up the way I wanted it to. Well, as you say, if you were running six, seven minutes and then you just got in 358 yeah. just like oh but that was exactly the same as using the heavy bow gun on the last yeah. challenge i was posting way over way over and then one time i just fucking switched on yeah and everything just happened for me that's how it goes and like i put the thing down and it didn't even show me the time yet exactly the same situation i was like if that ain't an s rank then that's uh, i've yeah. lost the game i lost the game challenge <laughs> i was honestly i was gonna put it up there at that point but no yeah thankfully uh, thankfully, it all happened for me. Very nice. But as you say, two down, and the challenge was for free. So let's get on to the third and final one. The one that I figured you'd have the most challenge with. Yes, absolutely. And this was a challenge that I actually struggled to just complete for the games challenge. <laughs> like, yeah. that was a difficult thing. This was obviously previously going to be one of the ones that I just completed and didn't even try to go for a rank. Thankfully, you didn't set me an S rank on all six challenges. No. Uh, well, for the first not, for, not straight God. away, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not straight away. Yeah. I'm struggling to think what rank I even got. I don't even know whether I actually even posted a rank on this. I don't believe I you mentioned it. it. I think you just yeah. said, yeah, this <laughs> one. I, I think you said you might have tried it a couple of times and were just happy to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm pretty sure that was my memory of the uh, of it happening as well. Yeah. At this point in the challenge, uh, I'm pretty nervous about this one. And I figure out of all of the challenges that I had previously, this is the time for me to sit down and watch a YouTube video and learn a weapon that has worked. Because on this one, you do have the charge blade. But try as I might, I just couldn't do enough damage without using a video on the internet. And I thought that after using the charge blade against the barrier off, I was going to be able to translate all of that skill over and just take on these monsters one at a time. It just wasn't happening for me. I just was not able to stop the goddamn basil geese, uh, which is like a large lizard dragon thing that shoots loads of flaming projectile bombs at you as it flies overhead. Yeah, which explode on a delay. Yeah, and it stops after they've done their large attack and then explodes as well. So even if you manage to counter their large attack you've still got the explosion to watch out for before you can retaliate and it's a little puss boy it runs away a lot all the time and yeah. it flies away and does aerial bombs and i just could not get it to stop doing that without beating it within something like seven eight minutes it was taking me on average to beat this thing and at that point i had watched a youtube video for the charge blade hoping that i would be able to recreate a fantastic run in that and get a good time and unfortunately i just was not able to do it try as i might and i tried a lot i tried for hours hours and hours this is one of those ones where i just tried for so many hours that i completely lost track of how <laughs> you know how long i did this one by far it absolutely was many more hours than the barrier off let's just say oh yeah i would imagine this one probably took you longer than the other two combined 100 percent, it did yeah absolutely it did because it's three monsters and the previous two challenges total were three monsters as well so this really did feel like doing two challenges in one yeah and what was the time limit on this one just out of interest so to get an s rank on this it is nine minutes Ooh, three minutes a monster baby that's tough with one that keeps running away and these three monsters uh we've got the basil geese which is a very chunky monster a bizarrios again which is a big rock-like lizard monster yeah. without wings and this has a bunch of health as well mm -hmm. and is very resistant being covered in rocks to your attacks 
The only one that's slightly squishy in this is the Volvodon, very prone to stuns and staggers. Little armadillo fella just rolls around, doesn't he? Yeah, like a giant armadillo that yeah. just rolls around the stage, pretty much. He has quite a few decent attacks, but they're all based on previous monsters that you've fought, and you've fought a lot at yeah. this point, so you've got plenty of muscle memory and knowledge of the way that the monsters attack in order to avoid them. So he's very squishy. Yeah, and just for context as well, Volvodon is probably in the first 10 monsters you fight in the game from memory basil geese is like way (laughs) that's like super like end gamey stuff and bizarios is probably mid game so it's very much a early game mid game late game yep exactly that tough using a youtube guide it does seem that the consensus despite which weapon you're using is to go ahead and take on the basil geese first 100 percent. and i imagine a lot of that is down to the fact that he is such a bastard to pin down yeah that if he does manage to fly away the run is over try as i might for hours and hours i could not make it happen i could not beat the basil geese in anywhere under sort of six or seven minutes and the moment i saw that it's just the run's over or quit out. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine you want four minutes at most because then that gives you five minutes to do the other two. And the rest of the weapons that were available for this mission outside of the charge blade were all ones that I was completely unfamiliar with other than the longsword, which, as I mentioned in the last Monster Hunter Rise challenge, I did have a bit of a soft spot for and I was enjoying using for quite some time up until the point where, much like the charge blade in this challenge, I just wasn't able to do enough damage quick enough. So with that in mind, I was really stuffed for weapons because I think the other ones were like the hunter's horn, which I've never used. Uh, And maybe the insect glaive, I want to (laughs) say. If my eyes aren't deceiving me with the little initials you've put next to it, light bow gun, Will? Light bow gun. I wouldn't have thought that was particularly damage given either, but given (laughs) what you said about the heavy bow gun in the last run, colour me intrigued. Exactly that. This was the thing, is that my mind shot back to the heavy bow gun and the success after watching a YouTube video where someone had done an absolutely godlike run using it, I thought, I'm gonna check out the light bow gun. Surely it's just gonna be like the heavy bow gun, but with less steps. It's just gonna have less abilities. And for the most part, that's true. Yeah. But it does have some pretty cool abilities that I'd seen you use before when we've been playing through Monster Hunter World together that I'd actually completely forgotten about. Yeah, showers to placing the bombs. Yeah, the fact that you can shoot the little limpet bombs into the ground and then any shot or explosion or melee attack that happens within the vicinity of them causes a damaging explosion to happen near the monster as well. And I think you can get maybe two or three hits before the bomb fully runs out as well so you can get some really good damage from that. And doing it in partnership with another player that's got a lot of rapid attacks you can do absolutely loads of damage. However, uh, unfortunately I didn't have another player with me but I was finding that those attacks really were making the difference. So using the light bow gun, uh, which was a weapon that I was completely unfamiliar with, of course required me to spend quite a bit of time into the practice arena getting used to the controls it felt slightly familiar compared to the heavy bow gun and it did feel like to some degree it had less confusing controls but it was mostly mastering which buttons do which wirebug attacks and the wirebug attacks as i mentioned previously are really important in terms of doing damage with this one the main wirebug attack that you need to use is one where you sort of zip towards them limp it onto them and then do like a large attack that just deals quite a bit of damage it's pretty good it seems for stunning the enemies away so i was just spending maybe you know an hour or so in terms of looking at some youtube videos 
Shout outs to uh, KR Rules four to five minute weapon tutorials that he posts on YouTube. KR Rule, R-O-O-L. Uh, I found those videos really, really useful to get some layman's terms weapons guides for all of the challenges, actually. I was also using these for the previous Monster Hunter challenge as well, so giving him some love there. Finally, using those challenges, I was able to confidently go into the arena, and at that point, I was able to do all the moves that I needed to know how to use. I'd also watched another YouTuber called game eight global do an absolute godly run of this challenge and ends up doing it in something like four four and a half minutes jesus or something like christ that. yeah <laughs> you know there was no way uh, that i would ever be able to achieve that sort of time in this however i figured if he's done it in such an amazing time if i at least try That's half the time run off of this yeah, I know, God I know, damn. it's insane. Might be a little bit more than that, but still, it's, it's like he Dude, was Dude, even minutes. if it's six minutes, that's crazy. Yeah, he was like minutes under the, yeah. multiple minutes underneath the S rank time. And an absolutely insane run, and I'd really recommend um, any Monster Hunter enthusiasts out there that like to watch Monster Hunter done real good, absolutely check out some of Game 8 Global's arena challenges. They're really impressive. But particularly this sixth arena light bowgun run, really, really good stuff. Nice, nice. So you've picked your weapon. Talk to me about some of the tactics, man. Some of the moves. What did you have to do? One of the main things that you need to do early on is on your way to the Basil Geese, just as you plummet down a hole, you need to grab a Blast Toad. Right which is one of the animals that's just kicking around the arena and it works as a good ignition switch. And at that point, after you've dropped down the hole, very shortly after picking up the Blast Toad, if you look down a ledge, the Basil the Geese is almost right there straight away. Um, he's not near the starting area of the map, but before you actually begin on your way there, you need to quick travel to the second camp yeah. in order to bring you close to the Basil Geese. That's actually a core component of certain parts of this run as well. You have to be using your fast travels as well. There was a tiny bit of grinding that I needed to do for this, but it was completely minimal. It was kill eight of the sub-monsters to, oh, unlock, right. the, yeah, to unlock the uh, camp. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get no sympathy from me for that one because they're, they're <laughs> fucking <laughs> quick, yeah. <laughs> was this in the... Um... Was this in the lava map then? It was, yeah. Yeah, because if you've got the Volvedon right. and then the Basil Geese and you're talking about dropping down holes and blast holes, I'm like, yeah, that's going to be that map. <laughs> yeah. Fun map, but very easy to get lost in. What I will say is because I was watching the videos and trying to replicate the runs to a T, I almost didn't do any exploring of the map. I was just following a route using key landmarks that's and fair, things yeah. like that to get around. For context for anyone that hasn't played the game, this is like a map that has a quite large overland section, but also like huge amounts of underground tunnels with lava pools and loads of bitch can't really enter because it's too hot and stuff so quite a complex map and thankfully um after using that game a global youtube video i was able to navigate all of that really quickly yeah. it does seem that if you're following a guide like that or at least following that route it seems really strangely optimized to getting to all of the monsters so um after picking up the blast toad and encountering the basil geese first of all you have poison ammo that your bow gun is equipped with you need to drop two poison ammo into the monster to start the poison ticking away at that point the basil geese is going to roar you try and ensure that you're outside of the raw range so that you don't get affected by that because it usually results in you sort of clapping your hands to your ears and wailing in agony. <laughs> yeah, and getting like probably about three seconds of downtime. Every second is precious in these challenges. So yeah. So after shooting it with the poison, uh, then you load two sleep rounds into it, which okay. quickly sends it off to sleep. And this is an interesting part of the run. And one thing I didn't notice initially, but what I did notice after watching some of these YouTube videos is your backpack is loaded with useful equipment on some of these arena runs. One of those being a couple of mega barrel bombs, which you quickly place next to the basil geese's head 
after putting it to sleep. And then remember that blast hode we picked up earlier? Oh. You use that as an ignition switch, drop it on the ground, and then maybe a few seconds after you've placed it, it will then explode, triggering the barrel bombs. At that point, it kind of sends the basil geese into a stunned animation where it's land on the ground, kind of flailing around. You can use your wire bug attacks to deal more damage to it there. You can keep on shooting it as well. Piercing ammo is the ammo of choice for this one. He's a very large creature as well, and as it pierces all the way through his body, there's a lot of different points and hitboxes as the bullets travel through. Ideally you want to shoot it in the head or the tail and have it travel along the length of its body rather than hitting it from side on. And when you do manage to knock it onto the ground and it enters that flailing animation you want to use one of those planted bombs that we spoke about earlier. At that point you can plant maybe two or three near its head while it's flailing around and then quickly back up shooting them as you back away yeah. and that's causing loads of damage as well. At that point if you've done everything very well you will hopefully trigger the riding animation where you can use your wire bugs to latch on yeah, and send yeah. it crashing around the arena and there's also a certain point in this arena where there's water leaking out of a wall and if you do get lucky and are able to ride the creature you can crash it into the wall and do about 500 maybe 400 500 damage in one hit which for context is a lot yeah way, that's, yeah that's, that's that's a lot of damage i think most of my attacks were doing anywhere between 30 probably a total of maybe 100 ish on each sort of large attack so 500 does feel yeah. quite significant considering that you also get the benefit of tying it down on the ground for a while and making sure it can't yeah. fly away. Hey, Brick Joe! You're going nowhere! But that was the main requirement for doing the basil geese, is that uh, you just need to keep it busy, keep it damaged, keep it staggered, so it can't fly away. And after a hell of a lot of practice, I did finally manage to beat the basil geese. I don't know actually roughly what time it took me to beat it, but it can't have been more than two or three minutes, I think, to actually do it. It felt very quick. Um, I was going to say two is incredibly impressive. Yeah, yeah. Three sounds, well, three is what you're aiming for, right? You want three minutes for each one. Two, two is wicked if you've managed to do it in two. That's awesome. But considering that uh, I was using the charge blade before and doing it in roughly six or seven minutes. Yeah. You just need to make sure you hit all your shots with that light bowgun, just the same as the heavy bowgun as well. Yeah. And at this point, I'm going to go ahead and say it now, James. I did manage to complete the games challenge this week. Thank God. Yes, very good. Very, very good. happy to say uh, that I completed the games challenge this week. But um, anyway, enough of that for now. We'll get back to the celebrating later, back into the battle. So after fighting the basil geese and defeating that in a matter of time the next enemy on the list should actually be the volvodon uh, i was expecting it to be the bizarios but it just turns out because of the routing the volvodon is the one that you want to go for next and at this point it kind of feels like you're on the downward hill slope you've just climbed a massive hill beating the basil geese and now you're fighting a very very squishy volvodon you don't want to get too complacent now because you can get humbled by any creature in this game if you're not concentrating. 100%. And, you know, I absolutely did get complacent in previous runs on this thing as well. Yeah. Um, there were times where uh, the Volvodon didn't slow me down, but I got stuck on the Bazarios and just could not get it to do what I wanted it yeah. to do. And it was just really struggling. And you work so hard and you do so well on the previous yeah, two. Exactly. And then the final chunky one uh, is the one that slows you down. If you miss one or two shots, it's just like, no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God damn it! What I will say though is i didn't thankfully i don't know what i would have done if i would but i didn't have any of those nine minutes and three seconds type misses oh yeah thankfully because yeah. i just don't know what i think i might have just thrown down the challenge at that point and, and given yeah. up for that week i think you only got one or two of them before you really <laughs> yeah. start to feel like the game's against you right yeah 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 <laughs> 
So the times I was posting before my actual completion time, which was seven minutes and 30 seconds, pretty good. I mean, like it's, and it's, a, it's still a minute it's and a half. still got a minute and a half the, in the uh, bank. Yeah. The thing. So yeah, absolutely. The speed run definitely helped. But before that, I was putting up times of sometimes like sort of 13, 14, 15 yeah. minutes because the Volvodon or the Bizarrios would occasionally slow me down. Not going to lie, that's still kind of impressive. These arena challenges have really pushed my kind of Monster Hunter skills way beyond what I would have done before because they make you learn how to do everything perfectly because if you want to get that S rank challenge, that is just kind of the way that you have to do these challenges. Exactly, yeah. I would have never envisaged myself outside of doing these arena challenges ever taking down three monsters in nine minutes. That would just be completely unknown to me unless I'm going in with like master rank gear into a low rank area and just having fun. Um, so uh, let's get back to the battle. Um, there isn't a great deal to say really with either of the next two enemies. You use a lot of the same abilities using your placed bombs whenever they stagger. For the Volvodon and the Bizarrios, water ammo is your friend instead of the piercing ammo. The only other thing I'll say about the Volvodon fight is that similarly to the Basil Geese fight, there is actually now a lava wall in the arena for the Volvodon. Provided that you've done everything right and haven't taken seven or eight minutes to kill the Basil Geese, the Volvodon will be in the appropriate area for you to send it into a lava wall and just the same do about 400-ish damage. Which one the Volvodon is probably a lot more of its health bar. Yeah I would think so but with that said I'll move on to the Bizarrios where once again I tackled him with water ammo and much like the previous two monsters I used my sleep ammo to put the Bizarrios to sleep however I did have a couple of regular barrel bombs left. I'd used all of my mega ones for the basil geese but I did have a couple regulars left behind. And this one requires you to do a technique where you actually place a couple barrels and then you use your wirebug ability to fly up into the air while holding a barrel and jettison into the ground below you. That sounds awesome. And that kind of causes an explosion that crashes into the other two barrels that are placed by the sleeping Bizarrios's head. And at that point, it triggers it into a falling over flailing animation, which gives you an opportunity to do a bunch more attacks. And uh, after using that barrel bomb attack and inflicting enough damage, as with all monsters, the Bizarrios finally fell. And like I said before, I was posting really high numbers before. I just had a feeling about this one, although I definitely didn't expect to beat it by roughly a minute and a half. My final, it was like 7.30, it was it was 7.30 and change, or something yeah. like that. There were plenty of times before where I thought, oh, I might just scrape it by. That Bizarrios did take me a long time yeah. to put down eventually, but you know, kind of in more than a couple minutes. And then I post the time with like 15, 15 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, you know, oh, well, I did great on the basil geese. I'm good at the basil yeah. geese now. Actually, the benefit of these challenges is that there are certain monsters now that I'm actually really good at fighting, and because they share yeah, yeah, movesets with other monsters, I've got a bit of an advantage there now. Well, and if you're good at the basil geese, that's just going to be so hella yeah. useful if you ever need to do anything else in a challenge, maybe, or if you're just playing casually, because that's probably among the toughest bosses or monsters to fight just because it runs away because it's got so much health its attacks can absolutely devastate you so not a bad thing to be good at that now i'll be really interested to see how that all pans out when we're actually playing a co-op mission as well or like an online mission just see how yeah. damage values get changed and and how that all plays out i imagine fights might play out differently depending on all that stuff as well but no so there we go challenge completed another challenge in the bag man this one had me sweating this was Outside of the challenges where there was like loads and loads of stuff to do, this one was the one that from the outset I thought, oh sh**, Arena 6 just isn't going to happen for me. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't expect to be able to uh, to use 
a YouTube walkthrough and get that because looking at some of those things and how long it actually takes you to go from trying it on your initial attempt to trying it on your God knows how many attempts, however many attempts later. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like a hill that you're never actually going to be able to climb at the beginning of the challenge. But then I almost jumped out of my goddamn chair when I posted that time. And was this a Thursday night sort of thing? Were you sort of right to the wire or did you still have a little bit of time left in the bank? to? No, this was Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't actually have really any opportunity uh, today to actually yeah. put any time in. It was just crazy hectic. So uh, yeah, Thursday night was was that time. Uh, it always makes it feel a little bit bad, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. So, I went into Friday with a big smile on my face. Exactly. <laughs> well, there you go. And to put an even bigger smile on your face, mate, that now puts you 5-3 up in the challenge. God damn. Which mathematically means I can't now win. I can only draw. Oh, sh- I didn't realise that. We're yeah. in that kind of situation now. Yeah. God damn. You can only win one more and I'd need to win all of them to draw. Right. If you win your last two, you win. I guess you should probably let me know what I've got to do to try and catch you. And really, the pressure is now on because I need a pretty much perfect run in there. Well, James, given the game that I'm going to ask you to play this week, you might actually be very happy um, with the game that I've chosen, given that you're hoping to win this one. I got I felt a little bit bad last week about uh, making you play Call of Duty. I didn't think that the challenge was the thing that I was going to feel bad about. It was more the fact that I was forcing you to play Call of Duty for a long <laughs> length of time, despite the fact that you didn't play yeah, Call of exactly. Duty for any length I was going to say, don't feel too bad, mate. I just barely <laughs> played it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, nonetheless, that was a challenge that I was a little bit uh, unsure about giving you, just because I know that it was likely to be a grind, no matter how easy the challenge was, if you get my meaning. I know what you mean. Don't think of it. It wouldn't have been a grind because it's all it's all for the good of the uh, the games challenge. But uh, I know what you're getting at. Yeah, I yeah. knew that you wouldn't be looking forward to that one as much as perhaps at the challenge that I'm about to set you now. So without further ado, James, this week I would like you to play the Elder Scrolls Skyrim. James, this has gone on record as being one of your favourite games, if not your favourite game of all time. I was going to say, it's not one of my favourite games. It is my favourite game of all time. So I've come up with a special challenge for you this week, James. Okay. (laughs) And I really hope that you don't end up with like a a Legend of Zelda shrine challenge PTSD and this just destroys Skyrim for you henceforth. But uh... I tell you what, mate, you'd have to do a real doozy of a challenge for me to like hate Skyrim as a result of this. (laughs) Okay. I'm getting more and more nervous now the the more you talk about it. This week, James, I would like you to complete the Skyrim main campaign at level one with no skill points earned whatsoever with the exclusion of discovering locations so you were not allowed to use weapons you were not allowed to use armor you were not allowed to use spells there are several items at your disposal that does make this doable however you're gonna have to stretch your mind to think of them i have a feeling i'm Trying to think if that's actually possible. It 100% is possible. I've watched various YouTubers throughout the week actually do this challenge just to verify the difficulty of it. As long as you're not levelling up anything of your skills and you're not levelling up your character, you need to remain at level one. That's easy. Levelling up the skills is the bit where I'm a bit like, okay, that could be tough, yeah. One thing I'll recommend is, um, one of my requirements for this is, is that you do this nearly glitchless. 99% 99% glitchless in terms it's of It's Bethesda, so yeah, there's going to be point one. Yeah. Speedrun <laughs> techniques in terms of using a jar to glitch you through a door, not allowed. However, I say nearly glitchless in the sense that you are able to access the merchant chests in the game. I will allow you that grace. The hidden merchant's chests in the game, 
I will permit you to do because you're not going to be able to purchase any items in the game because that will, of course, increase your bartering skill. Mm -hmm. So I will permit you the luxuries of using the merchant chests and you can do this on Adept difficulty. Cool. I've got my fingers crossed for you, man, but uh, you really desperately need this point. So uh, if it does come to it, use the YouTube videos. (laughs) Nah, put it on record now. I'm not going to use any internet either. Let's make it hard for myself. I'm going to do this purely with my own knowledge of the game. Excellent, man. No, I look forward to uh, hopefully kicking this challenge's ass and uh, hopefully putting some pressure on you for next week because uh, I need at you to point, fail and I need not to win. Much so. pressure at all, I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. oh, why would you? You're two points ahead. I'm feeling easy, easy breezy. Okay, man. So with all that said, I think we're rounding off for the games challenge this week, and it's time to round off the episode. So I think it's time that we moved on to the closing socials. You can, as always, find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and pretty much anywhere else you get your podcasts by searching for Total Pod Mode. We also post regular video content for our playthroughs, stream highlights, as well as the podcast on our YouTube channel, Total Pod Mode. You can also find us on X by searching for at Total Pod Mode, or one word. And whilst you're there, you can find me at Mr. Bames, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Bames underscore TPM. And you can find me at Hoodafunk on X, and I'm also on Twitch under twitch.tv forward slash Hoodafunk. So I'll just finish off the episode with a request to our listeners. Uh, please do follow us on the social media channels that we mentioned before. Please don't be shy to drop a comment. It'd be really interesting to hear from you in terms of content that you'd like us to produce, suggestions for the episodes, or just how you feel about some of our trash opinions. <laughs> Particularly mine, no doubt. <laughs> oh, I don't like CODs. Oh, f***ing The Sims is average. Oh, f***ing The Last <laughs> of Us looks like it controls like dick. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. Especially when you back up my opinions that Ron Cantor <laughs> to James is. <laughs> Yeah, if I can use any audience leverage to, uh... <laughs> yeah, you see, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the high road. Just, we just love to hear from you. It doesn't matter what. If you agree with Will, that's fine. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We truly both do mean that from the bottom of our hearts. We really do appreciate all of our listeners so far. Uh, so thanks everyone for listening once again for another week. And with all of that said, we'll see you guys next time. Until next week, goodbye.